everybody, how's it going? I'm Chase. Welcome to another episode of the show, the Chase Travis Live Show, here on Creative Live. Awesome show today, and it's going to be a little bit different. You guys know that I normally sit down with world-class performers, top creators, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders, and every once in a while I mix it up with a micro show, and today's show is a micro show, except it's not so micro because it's actually a keynote that I delivered uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and you know, now that this is primarily a podcast and not just a YouTube show as it has been for the last seven years, uh, it's growing in popularity and I'm getting a ton of feedback. I know I'm in your ears on your commute when you're exercising and while you're sitting at work. And this episode has come out of you all making requests. So keep those requests coming. In part, this request was, hey, Chase, you give keynotes all over the world. And sometimes, you know, if we're not in the audience, we miss them. Is there a way for you to, you know, to create some derivative works from that? And so that's what this is. And I know this is going to have a strong impact on a large cross-section of those of you who are listening. Because what I do in this talk is I bring up four very gracious volunteers. They are creators from a handful of, of walks of life and they have their they have struggles. And hearing other people's challenges is a fascinating way of helping yourself break through because you know, I say this in the talk, we all, there's basically like a hundred problems. There's a hundred sort of roadblocks that we have, and it's probably even fewer, but we tackle a bunch of the big ones in here and you can hear these really common themes. This is what I've noticed having sat down with so many people and helped them break through four of those folks today in this episode. Um, I think you're going to get a lot of value and also some joy in hearing that you're not alone in your struggles. Just, I'll give you one example. One of the biggest challenges I hear over and over again from creators is that they haven't defined concretely enough what it is they actually want. And you hear this pattern in this talk for sure. If you don't know what you want, it's going to be very hard for you to get it. So let's talk about getting really, really crisp. And I'll give you an example. We walk through this in this talk about how crisp I want you to be. A bunch of other challenges we overcome, and I know you're going to love the show. Uh, but before we get into that show, a quick word from our sponsor, and then we'll be on our way. This episode of Chase Jarvis Live Show is brought to you by Creative Live. Creative Live is the world's largest and best platform for creative and entrepreneurial education. And right now you're saying, wait a minute, isn't that the company that you started? Yes, it is. It is my company, but they make this show possible. And if you don't know anything about Creative Live, you must check it out. It's where Pulitzer Prize winners, New York Times bestsellers, the best of the best teach photo, video, art design, music and audio, craft and maker, and the ability to make a living and a life in all of those disciplines. There is free content there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And there's also more than 10,000 hours of content for you to access on demand. You guys know I'm a huge believer in the power of daily habits. And today, Creative Live, as a part of the sponsor announcement, wants you to know that they have a new, very powerful way to make education a part of your daily routine. That would be the Creative Live iPhone, iPad, and Apple TV apps. They're all free, and they let you watch all of the Creative Live classes that are on-air streaming for free, anything you already own, and on the iPhone and iPad apps, you can watch one daily lesson of your choosing for free. That is one of 25,000 lessons for free, which is super, <laughs> super gnarly. To get those apps, go to the App Store, uh, iTunes, and search Creative Live, or go to creativelive.com slash apps. There you go. Now, let's get into the show.
You would have thought we practiced that. That was perfect. I like it. Um, hi, guys. I'm Chase. Welcome to uh, Creative Live. We're so grateful for all of y'all tuning in from all over the world. Um, and actually, we've got the world here in this room. Sweden. People came from Sweden, from China, from North Seattle. Um, but uh, honestly, it was so like LA, it was really, really great to connect with you guys for the five minutes uh, before this thing started. It's my goal. Um, I think I have had the good fortune of speaking on stages all over the world, and for the first arc of my career, it was very much about me and my work, um, trying to you know, carve our way in this world as we all are as independent artists. Um, and that's whether you're a full-timer at a, at a company and you're, this is your side hustle or where you're, you've, you've quit, you've pushed all your chips in, you're trying to make a go of it. We've all been there, and that's part of the thing that I love about A, Creative Live, but B, just like this room. The people to your left and to your right are having the same challenges, the same struggles that you are. And more than anything, we're all in this together. And as I've had the good fortune of speaking all over the world and speaking to so many crowds, what I always realize is what I found from surveying people and what I felt in my gut is the most valuable parts were answering your questions. Because I can get up and talk about a bunch of stuff, and then I, I talk to end, end up talking to a very narrow swath. If you're an action, action sports photographer, we're talking about making money, or we're talking about X or Y. But if I flip that script, and I, I have a conversation with folks in the crowd, I really figured out that there's only like 100 problems. It's not, I mean, which is, in the relative scope of the universe, there's not that many problems. And if we could get through a bunch of them on stage here, and, uh, and a little bit later in our broadcast, I'll come out and, and hopefully meet some of you guys. And, and what I'm gonna, my goal, it's almost like phototherapy, like Dr. Chase, Dr. Phil style. <laughs> and, and I wanna do that, uh, I, I experimented with this format. Um, I had the good fortune of, of uh, doing a lot of speaking with Richard Branson. And down in Jamaica, we had four entrepreneurs on stage, and Richard and I basically sort of broke down what their biggest problems were, and we were able to make some breakthroughs in just five, 10 minutes, and then I figured, wow, like maybe we could do that format here uh, so we don't have so much standing on stage talking and listening. And that requires you guys to be aware, because I might at any second call on you, okay? And, and so the goal, also I'm a huge fan of Tony Robbins. I think what Tony does so well, um, you know, aside from coaching the world's top athletes, the world's top CEOs, and so many of the presidents and world leaders, is he trains us about how to use our body, and that biochemistry is happening right now, and you're gonna wire some of the things that I say into your brain, and if you're having a good feeling, if you're sitting up in your, in your chair and you're connecting with other people and you have a couple of cocktails in you or a couple of beers, you're probably gonna feel a little bit better. You're gonna be more attuned, so think about that as you're sitting here, like, am I bringing my extra five millimeters? Am I sitting up straight? Am I connecting with other people? And so that would be my wish, my goal for this particular session. So we've got 60 minutes. I'm four and a half minutes into my 60 minutes, so I don't want to burn any more time. And that being said, we've got four wonderful volunteers. Um, and what I'd like to kick off the session is just go down and introduce yourself. Give us like 30 seconds, 60 seconds on who you are um, and what your focus is. And then I'll come back and we'll sort of take turns um, unpacking some of your biggest challenges, and then you guys will learn from this, and I'll try and help uh, some other folks out in the crowd. So, ta-da, go for it. Uh, well, uh, I'm uh, Kyla Murphy. I uh, really appreciate the opportunity uh, you know, be on the stage and having Chase you know, help us out today. I mean, this is just a great platform through and through. Uh, I'm from Portland, Oregon, uh, wedding photographer. Uh, definitely a passion of mine. I mean, I love people. Uh, I love just working with couples, you know, just the whole interaction, of course, the whole, you know, business side of it as well. 
Um, and I quickly realized when I got into photography, it was really this perfect outlet of everything that I loved. You know, you had the connection with people, you had the creative aspect of it, and then the business all kind of wrapped into one. And uh, ever since I started, I really haven't been able to put it down since. And so uh, just doing everything I can to kind of self-teach myself, like uh, he did, and just uh, try to make the most of it and see where I can go. Kylan, so. K-I-L-E-N, right? K-I-L-E-N, yeah. It's a little different, but... Let's give know. a shout out to Kylan. Yeah. Come on. Welcome. Thank you. You guys... It takes a lot of courage to be up here. It's not just a room of 150 people. There's thousands of people on the other end of these cameras. So there's like soul bearing. And this is a warm up for you. Right now you're like, do I have the courage to do this? You get introspection right now is happening. <laughs> you good sir, please say All who right. you are. My name is Troy Martin, born and raised in Portland, Oregon. And basically my background is tattooing. So I came from a different artist background, but I picked up the camera and I really love it. I love landscape and portraits and things like that, so I'm truly trying to find a good market for it. Got it. We're gonna be able to help you. That's perfect. Appreciate it. Please. Hi, um, I'm Sarit Kropka. Um, ever since I took my father's uh, Pentax all-manual camera, I figured out this is what I want to do, but then I didn't. Um, I came to Washington a year ago from Israel, and I left a wonderful, successful career in um, ex trade exhibition design. Um, and um, I'm trying to figure out the past year how to become a photography, how to take my passion into business. And I've gone to, through lots of fields of photography, and I love most of them. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, I'm Alan Cutter, uh, born in Seattle, Washington, and um, I do videography and filmmaking and video editing. Um, I got into it because I felt that, for me personally, it was the most powerful uh, form of expression that we have, and I wanted to do good with it. And so um, that will tie into my problem. So, awesome. Yeah. Round of applause for these guys being on stage, first of all. All right. Thank you guys, awesome. All right, so Kylan, I, I asked these guys backstage, uh, like what do you think, sometimes you don't actually understand what your problem is, so you think you have one problem and you really have another, but uh, we're just gonna go right into it. So Kylan, what, what do you feel like your biggest challenge is as, as a photographer? So I think currently for me, as far as for, I mean wedding photography, there's obviously a ton of different styles that you could gravitate towards, and I think, you know, beginning and starting out, you know, you're learning all these things and trying all these different things, but at the same time, you're trying to find this cohesive style, but at the same time, you want to like push the envelope a little bit. A lot of what An Wong said yesterday, which resonated with me, was like you're pushing your work where it's different, but yet, you know, it's still acceptable. That was one big thing that resonated with me yesterday as far as just being yep. a wedding photographer, but still trying to get that cohesive style where it's like, hey, this is, this is Kylan, this is his work. Got it. How do you represent your work? What do you mean by represent? Like, how do you represent your work? Like, what, how do, how do, people find you? How do, uh, do you walk around with a, a portfolio? Do you sit on the street corner? Do you have a website? Do you, how, do you, so, how do you represent your work? Or how good. does your work represent you? That's a good question. So the, I'm a professional. Right. <laughs> do that. Uh, so I mean, re really right now, I guess, uh, you know, what you'd expect, I mean, website, uh, Instagram, Facebook, making sure I'm on all the social platforms. Okay. I'm probably most active on um, Instagram. Uh, just because I think that's kind of where you know things are trending, or where okay. the most volume is, but I'm maybe that could be a bad here. So, though. what do you put on Instagram? Uh, so it'll be a, a daily post every day, whether it's you know uh, an engagement shoot or a picture that I had from a wedding. Got it. Um, so 
keeping that that consistent as far as whether it's related to weddings or engagements. Got it. So is your, you feel like, I'm going to play this back to you for a second, you feel like your biggest problem is locking in around a personal style? Or do you feel like your biggest problem is how you're representing yourself? Your biggest problem is, uh, is the, the business side? Do you want more clients? Like what, like I think frame it, I, the problem for me. I think it's the style. Style okay. for sure. Got it. Yeah. So here's what you need to know about style. First of all, you have to be consistent. And the way you're consistent is at first be wildly inconsistent. So it's, it seems it's yeah. obviously there's contradiction there, but you have two jobs, and this is not just for you, Kyle, this is for everybody. You have two jobs. The first job is to find out what you're supposed to be doing. And the way you find out what you're supposed to be doing is you do a lot of different stuff. And whether that's a, a bunch of different, like you, you know your passion about photography, go a little bit deeper. Uh, I shoot, shoot weddings a ton, shoot portraits a ton, shoot some commercial work, figure out, and doesn't need to be, you don't need to get hired through this stuff. You can do this on your own, right? Self-assigned work. You're only gonna get hired for the stuff that's in your portfolio. You will not get hired, this is very tweetable, <laughs> you will not get hired for things that are not in your portfolio. You can say it a thousand times, you can wish it was different, and then the, it follows naturally that, well, if, I'm, if I haven't ever shot automotive before, how am I going to get hired to shoot automotive? Very simple question. The answer to that is you have to self-fund these shoots. So my question to you is, are you self-funding the kind of work that you want to get paid to shoot. Are you going out there with a model? Not, not, it might not even be a wedding. might not even be the ideal couple. They might not even be getting married. They might be models. Are you paying each of them 150 bucks or some other compensation or their friends' ears and you need to develop a portfolio? Are you doing that? Yeah, that's a lot of how I started. I mean, okay. I definitely knew from the get-go, like, you know, weddings was my thing. So, you know, over the summer, I grabbed... Uh, specific couples that I knew that were together for you know years or you know I knew had just a good relationship. I was like, hey, you know I'm trying to do this. Would you be down to go out for a shoot? They were always down, and that's what kind of helped build up a portfolio. Because at the end of the day, like you said, you shoot what you show. So. Yeah, you shoot what you show, and you show what you shoot. Yeah. So uh, it sounds to me like so I went to your website mm -hmm. and I discovered something there. Uh -huh. um, what I discovered was it very hard for me to find your work. The beginning, the, the big opening pages of your, of your site where it was about, and it was you and a couple, and then it was like how I work, it was you and a couple, it was, and basically the entire front page of the website was not your work, it was pictures of you posing with your friends who are the models, or, or maybe they're a, a couple. What I want, like, we all have to have great work. That's literally how you get hired. That's how you get the first call. It's the get in the door fee to have great work. And if you're not able to put your work first First, you're going to really struggle. If you try and lead with the lifestyle brand before you actually have the skills in, as a photographer, you're going to struggle. And I'm not saying this is your challenge, but I can tell there's something going on in there when what is not on your website is your favorite picture. When I land there, it's not going like, boom. It's a picture of you standing there with a couple. And I, again, I'm just trying to get you hired. If I'm a person who's hiring a wedding photographer and I land on your site, what I want to see is gorgeous picture, gorgeous picture. Gorgeous picture, gorgeous. Honey, you gotta come look at this. Gorgeous picture. Gor this is the guy I want to shoot our wedding. Gorgeous picture. And then there's a story about you and how you help your, your couples connect and how you get the best photographs because you do X, Y, and Z, not the other way around. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And when you, th you can put, and this is, I, I don't know why I did this, but I started using this analogy around golf. I don't, I don't love golf. But and maybe it's because there's like there's 300 PGA golfers, and that's the Professional Golfers Association. And the, 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 the ability that separates them from number 300 to number one, he's shaking his head, he knows. It's like, it's, it's so tiny. 
It's so tiny. Yet how many professional golfers can you name? Five, maybe, on a good day. And it's because those five, it's, they're in the club. And then it's all about differentiating, whether that's through your, your ability. Of course, that's the best way. But also all the other things you do. It's a total package. And the same is true here. You have to be able to stand out on the basis of your work. And know what I, I, this is also, this is the therapy part. I don't know if this is true or not. He's like, oh, shit, he's sweating bullets now. I think you're not confident in your work. I was going to ask you something. Yep. So I do have a landing page. I don't know if you saw that. That did actually, like, it showcases my work, like, top and bottom. So what I'll do is Is there is a I'll bunch of, behind a bunch of words? Was there some words on there? Nope. 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 Clean okay. and similar. So I'll have, I have three, three photos on top, three photos on the bottom that kind of showcases that punches the, mm -hmm. as far as the viewer to start, like, hey, this is my work, like, this is my style. Mm -hmm. And then once they go into the actual main site, that's when it shows kind of more the lifestyle, like, hey, this is who I am. Big this picture. This is I want to be. Big picture. Big, Big picture. picture. <laughs> Tell me a story. Big, gorgeous picture. Show me the work. Because that's what you're going to... Yeah. And especially until you have a reputation, like Casey Neistat doesn't actually have to show you his work because you're so familiar with it. And the people that want to hire him know his work and they'll scavenge all over the internet to find it. But until you have that level of brand, and maybe you do, and I'm just unfamiliar, but unless you have that, lead with the work and then, A, how is your work going to differentiate? And I can tell you how it's going to differentiate because it's going to be more about you you know, what's in here. I don't really want to see pictures of you with your clients. I want to see epic photographs, and then I want to hear something about what you do different, not just better, right, different. How do you stand out? The golfer analogy, right? You have to, everyone's great. What do you do different? And you can look at Ben Von Wong, who had this stage last night, and if you're not familiar with his work, go to Von Wong or follow Matt Von Wong. He's done a great job of differentiating himself in a busy commercial world. Um, shooting, shooting people hanging off the sides of buildings and a bunch of really colorful different campaigns. So I don't know if this is a, like, if it's subconscious for you, but I want you to feel really confident with your work. I want you to lead with your biggest, best, bold images. When I got in, I, when I finally found images, there's that one with the woman standing by the, 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 um, the, the window with soft light coming in, it's black and white, she was looking up. Gorgeous, take over the screen with that thing. Um, I think you're very talented. I, I want you to change that stuff, yeah. okay? You didn't ask me for this, but I'm yeah. telling you. No, this is okay. how you grow. This is what, this this how you grow right here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, round of applause for this guy for a second. Okay. Because the work is there. Like, the work is there. The work is there. It's just buried. And I think it's buried because you look around the internet, and you're like, everyone's personality-driven. There's vlogs and this and that, and it's like... You're trying to lead with your personality, which at this point in time is not as differentiated as you need it to be. You need your work to stand forward, and then you're right there behind it. Okay. You think we're going to go there, but we're going to go there. Whoa. Da -da. All right. So um, tell me what you think. Say your name, and again, you're Israel. just moved here from to Seattle. We say Seattle instead of Washington, because Washington is the other side. We'll go with Seattle. Okay. Um, and... You've been here for a little bit, and you got a background as uh, in, art inst or uh, um, exhibition? A trade exhibition designer, got project it. manager. Got and what do you thing. think your biggest challenge is? Wow. Um, since or how I've, can I help you unlock? Okay. Um, so my passion ha for photography has been for so many years. I've actually went through so many fields. Mm -hmm. And um, my passion and my heart is uh, travel photography, uh, landscape, and I'm a people's person. Okay. And I'm trying to figure out what do I do? How do I take my passion and make it into a business mm -hmm. and 
hopefully you still enjoy it. Yep. Yeah, and uh, yeah, what, what niche is there for me? Great. I can't answer that for you. I know. <laughs> and I think this is a really important thing. The answers, by and large, are not out there. What I'm, I'm, I'm feeling what he's thinking, and I'm saying, I think, I think you want to put your work forward. I think you're uncomfortable about it. And I'm hearing you. Like, I can't actually tell you, because the answers aren't out here. The answers are in here. But as I can, what I'm listening to in your voice is that there's a lot of things. You, you're really open to whatever. You just want to make money with a camera and not as, a, as an exhibition designer. You, you can go landscape. You can go travel. Does um, it sound like, would you be willing to do anything? No, no, okay, then. no. I, See? no. But she listed like five things at first, right? It sounded like everything. So let's, here we go. We're peeling back the onion. Wow. Um, yeah, so what's uh, most enjoyable for me is to travel and take pictures. Got it. Um, of landscapes and of people. Okay. Um, so there you go. That's my passion. But, Got it. Okay, so my yep. dream for many years you hear ago. This? It's like, it, <laughs> yes, it takes me time. Yeah, this, no, but it takes everybody time, and this is what I love. And I'm just, I'm not even actually saying anything. You're just unpeeling it yourself. This is beautiful. Okay, um, your dream. Okay, my dream for very long time ago was to be a National Geographic photographer. Do you think she can do that? Okay. Go ahead. But then again, you know, there are other things like um, family that's at home. Yep. So I don't know if I can go for three months to Antarctica and, you know, film there, even though, wow, that's a big dream. Yep. So, yeah, so this would be bits here sure. and there and, um, and yeah. Here's, here's a couple. This is beautiful, okay? The fact that... You were willing to say, oh, I, want, I like all this stuff, and then I like this, and I, here's what I actually want to be. I want to be a National Geographic photographer. Let me ask this. Why? Why, why, what, why do you want to do this? What is your why? You guys familiar with Simon Sinek's uh, talk around, like, start with why. I, what, do you, what, do you, what do you expect to accomplish? Is it internal? Is it external? Why do you want to be a National Geographic photographer? I'd like to um, uncover of the world that others might not have seen. Got it. Um, a little yeah. adventure in there. I sent oh, you moved from Israel to Seattle. That's pretty good I'm adventure. I'm all about adventures. My passions are all adventures. I'm out there anywhere. Okay. Tell Ta me, do you want to go here? Do you want to go there? I'm, 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 I'm not even going to ask what or where or why. Just, <laughs> I'll be there. Good. I Tell promise. Me, I love it. <laughs> Tell me about your family because you, you, you mentioned that. And, and what I see, and I was just, uh, I mentioned Von Wong earlier. We were sitting around. We filmed something after his talk. And it was about, like, be careful with what you wish for because when you get it, you better have been thoughtful because you might end up painting yourself in this box. And you're like, oh, shit. Here I am, a travel photographer for National Geographic, and I'm in Antarctica for three months. And the other things that I really care deeply about are my family, and they're back in Seattle. So mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about, about your family, and I'll try and help you figure out how you can be a National Geographic photographer, still see your family, and still go all over the world. It's doable. This is, this is, we laugh, but this is the level of specificity that it requires. If you say, I want to be a wedding photographer, you don't know how, you don't know where, you don't know what, you don't know how much you charge, it's very unlikely that you're going to go there. I do a little Instagram story with Mitch, who cuts my hair. Bless you, Mitch. I love you, bud. Every, every single time I get my hair cut, I'm like, Instagram, hey, Mitch, you ever cut hair without a plan? And Max's like, no, man, I'll, I always got a plan. I always know what I'm going to do when I sit down to cut your hair. And I'm like, 
Getting haircuts is like life. If you don't know where you're going, it's very hard to get there. So I want to hone in on, okay, how, how important is your family? Obviously, you can't say they're not important at all. It's only between me and you, right? Okay, now. Yeah, that's my, right. It's just me and you. No, my family is, of course, very important. I have three children. Okay. But then again, they're all for my passions, and so is my husband. So I, well, my previous work, I traveled a lot all Got over it. the world uh, to supervise um, the building of these exhibitions. Got so it. So I've travels, been, yeah, you've been traveling. I've been traveling, and I've been away from home. Okay. Not three months, though, so yep. there's the thing. Okay, um, I don't think you need to be home for three months, and right, I don't think you need to go straight from zero to National Geographic. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, so we're going to take some baby steps. We know what you want to do. You want to, you want to photograph, sounds like indigenous people and beautiful landscapes and places that are remote, and you want to uncover those places and help other people see things they've never seen before. Okay? Yeah. I want you to write that down. <laughs> because that's the okay. thing that you actually want. When someone asks you what you want, you need to be able to understand, visualize, and articulate the thing that you actually want, and that's what you want. Okay, so that's step one. Step two is figuring out how to make that work. It sounds like your family is very willing to... Um, support you in being gone for a little bit. So at first, what, are you, what can you do tomorrow to document a travel, document a trip, and share it with a local blog? What can you do to doc create some sort of a story at a level that you know that you can operate at? Have you communicated and participated in the photography community? Does everyone in your world know that you want to be a travel photographer? Um. I believe so. Okay. Um, that's, yeah, that's I, good... I believe, yeah, they all know I want to go after my passion. Great. They all know I like travel, so if you put them together, I guess, yeah. Um, Great. Do some people who might be willing to hire you know that? That's where we're in a gray area, maybe. Okay, no. <laughs> okay, right. So I've also talked at length about, like, in order to get hired, in order to have someone else have the confidence and be willing to hire you, write a check to send you to some other place, you have to be so certain. Even if you're uncertain in here, you have to be so convincing to the person because they're actually making a decision that impacts their job. If they make a bet on, and this is the reality, I'm not, this is not sugar-coated, right? If, if they are sending you to Antarctica for a week, oh, let's take the Antarctica thing out, so that's a big deal. So if you're gonna go to Pocatello, Idaho for three days to shoot the rodeo, which is, you know, I've seen National Geographic stories just like that, then, you understand, like, you, you have to actually be able to convince the person who's sitting across from you. They're going to make a bet. It's going to be $2,500 in expenses, and it's going to be a $5,000, you know, 1500 a day for three days, $4,500. So it's going to be a $10,000 deal. And if they spend $10,000 on a photographer they don't really know that much, and you come back and you don't deliver, what happens to them? They get in trouble. So they're making bets on you. And, and if you have resisted putting yourselves in the position, this is, goes for everybody, if you have resisted putting yourself in the position of the people who are hiring you and thought about what's really on the line, their ass is on the line. Okay, so what can you do to find out the things that are blockers for them? Take it out of the way. I've never shot rodeos. I grew up on a farm. I mean, don't lie. You have to actually have grown up on a farm. But whatever it is that can help get you that assignment. And here's the body of work. Of course, my horse collection. I grew up on a farm. I lived in Montana. I know all the people at the rodeo. And, and again, your work is the get in the door thing. That's how, you, like, that's how you even got to sit down with this person. And do they know who you are? Do you follow them on Instagram? Do they follow you on Instagram? Have you shared your work with them? Do you send them mailers? This is well, good. Well, yeah. Uh, 
I, what I have done, though, I have put up uh, my first website as a photographer um, a few months ago, and I said, that's going to ignite my business, maybe. <laughs> anyway, um, so I got the past two days uh, wonderful critiques of my portfolio, yep. and I understand I need to switch around everything. I have stories to tell. Yes. Um, I have stories to tell from India. I've had actually an exhibition in Israel um, with, my photo with my photos from India. Yep. And I have more stories to tell from different parts of the world. And I should actually put it in series and stories and not like landscape, nature, studio, you know, have it reorganized and then maybe go out with it. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm useless up here. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, like sometimes it's the dialogue that actually gets you to unlock that. The fact that you're able to be so aware. I also went to your website. It's beautiful. Congratulations. I think you should not worry about the studio stuff. Big problem that I see from the folks on the stage and, and, and quite a bit in the photography community is you try and be everything to anybody because you just want to make 500 bucks with a camera. I get it. I get it. Every single person in this audience has been there. If you've ever wanted to make a dollar with a camera, you're willing to like, sure, roadkill, I'll photograph it. Like, whatever it is. And I would like you to resist that. I want you to, you have to realize that when you say yes to something, you say no to a bunch of other stuff. But there isn't a photographer, especially early on in their career, who gets hired to shoot male nudes and drag racing. As a weird, I get it. But they're weird on purpose, right? It's like there is someone who specializes in drag racing, and the person who's hiring people, they don't just say, grab someone. Yo, they have a photograph of a car. I'm going to hire that person. I'm going to give them $5,000. Why? Because they don't want to make a bet because they don't want to get in trouble. They go, drag racing, photographer, send. And then your name should come up. And so even just like I, I was listening to you talk about you want to lead with your, like your India travels. I didn't even know you traveled to India. Right? Six times. Six times. <laughs> she, she, we want you to be the India photographer for National Geographic. And you're laughing. This is the closest shot, the, the nearest thing, like the distance between where you are right now and where you want to be. National Geographic photographer, I don't need to go anywhere for three months. I need to go somewhere for three days, is right there. You need to be de facto the person who is the India expert. And you can do that. It's this close. If you repositioned your entire point of view around A, travel, and B, India in particular, your obsession with the people, with the culture, and that you know that different and better than 99% of the people out there, you're that much closer to winning. Round of applause. Ro Rochambeau, you two. Okay. Rock, paper, scissors. But no, wait, sorry, this is horrible. This is horrible. It's going to be one, two, three. Okay? One, two, three. Ooh. All right, so which would you rather him go or you go? I don't care. I'll get it over with. Get it over with. All right. Yeah, sure. Well, I think me. her and I are basically in the same boat. We want to do the same thing. So I'm really trying to find that market for landscape, wildlife. And right. with such an overwhelming market, yeah. everybody wants to do it. Yep. But it is so hard to get into. So. But here's the thing. It's super hard. But you know what? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> here's the thing. When something is super hard, you know what that does? It keeps almost everybody else out. Because right now, there's someone on the other side of the country or the world who's saying, 
I really want to be a landscape photographer. But you know what? It's so hard. Let that fuel you. I, I do. Good. Right, yeah. And so that's step one. When Persistent. shit gets hard, and this is why you photograph something you care about. If you are chasing random market opportunities, you are not going to succeed, or you will succeed temporarily. Because when shit gets hard, can I say shit? <laughs> I think you just did. It's, it's more of a gray area. When stuff gets hard, and it will, you have to have the fortitude to push through it. And that's why you should be photographing something you care deeply about. What is your why? Most people start with how and what, right? What do I do? I take pictures. How? With my Nikon D5. I don't care what tool you use. A plumber is not saying, I got the most cool plumber wrench ever. It's like, I fixed this. I built this skyscraper. I did a thing, okay? And at the core of what you need to think about is your why. Why are you doing that? Because when stuff gets hard, and it will, you need to have a really good answer. And when other people who don't have a good answer come up against that, what do they do? They bounce. And then you don't celebrate their lack of success. You celebrate your fortitude. You offer to help people to your left and to the right, because we're all in this together. This is why we're doing this the way we're doing it right now. So I heard that it was hard. Um, I heard that you want to focus on landscape. Uh, is it landscape and travel, or is it travel landscape and wildlife? And, yeah. Yeah. Wildlife, yeah. cool. Yeah, like chasing down the wildlife. Got it. Um, so is it the idea of the thing, or, is, or have you started on your journey here? Have you done any of these things? I've already started on the journey. It's something I'd love to do. You know, okay. I'll spend hours outside just walking trails, trying to find things. Yep. That's my passion. That's where I want to be. Got so. it. Got it. So when you made money as a tattoo artist, mm -hmm. how did you make money? Was it on a per tattoo basis did you were you at a studio and you had a chair and like yeah. just help me understand that a little I bit I had my own studio actually and I did a lot of custom work okay, so cool. each project was different than the other so yep. I didn't find something on the internet and just put it on somebody I think so that's a really interesting part of your narrative and I think you should use that as a part of your future story in photography everything was unique every trip is different I try um, to look for that different angle all the time right so if I went to your site right now um, what would I see there uh, for the uh, photography? Yes. A uh, whole bunch of landscape stuff, and I try to find art nature too. Okay. So I'm really interested in that. Got it. Fine art? From that niche. Got it. What do you, um, I think if you go somewhere looking for wildlife and, and nature and whatnot, you'll get the landscapes because mm -hmm. it, it's about going instead of not going. Yeah. When it's rainy and terrible and crappy and no one else will go, that's when you <laughs> yeah. need to go because that's when the cool shit happens. And a lot of days, it turn out it's just going to be gray. You're not going to get any pictures. But that's the differentiator between why you should shoot something you care about is because you have fun being outside. And if you get to photograph a deer, you get that epic, there's that little moment when the sun's going down and it's cloudy right between the horizon and the clouds. You know that moment I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. You got to go when it's raining the whole time when you're hiking <laughs> to get that little last little moment. Okay, but so, so I want you to be outside a little bit more than you have been. Okay. And what are you doing to, like, where do you see your work? You know, she mentioned National uh, again, Geographic. Yeah, you know, National Geographic. Uh, there's a lot of wildlife publications. Yep. There's even hunting magazines. It'll take wildlife pictures and things okay. like that. So I'm really trying to go for publications, or Great. at least that's one avenue. Got it. Can I help you think about how I would like you to attack the, your client list? Sure. You should have a list of the top 50 magazines that use the kind of work that you are talking about you shooting. Okay. okay. And you need to know the photo editor, the assistant photo editor, the deputy photo editor, and the editor. 
And when, and when you are traveling, because you're going to go to Boulder, Colorado, because that's what you do, you want to go out and be outside, you're going to take a vacation, you're going to you know, temporarily close the photo studio or the tattoo studio, you're going to go on vacation for a week to Boulder, you need to see every single person who has an office, who is a photo editor for that publication while you're in Denver, Colorado. Uh -huh. And the same with Washington, D.C., and the same in New York, and the same in L.A. And if you're, not, if you're not doing that with a badass book of photographs that you shot and that are printed beautifully, yep. don't show up with your phone. Yep. Okay? This is how they recognize you. They hire people that they know. That, again, they're making a bet. If you put yourself in the mindset of the people who are, are putting it out there, they're making a bet on you. So the more familiar you can be, know every single person, and, and you're following them on Instagram, and you're, you're, you're DMing them. You're not stalker weird. <laughs> that's important. <laughs> Don't be stalker weird. And, but that's your own personal taste. So how can you share your work with them? I'm going to give you another thing. I'm, I'm, again, I haven't been to your website. I haven't looked at it, but I have a, um, I could be way off here. But when I find people are transitioning out of one thing into another, and it's a, from creative thing to a creative thing, there, there's a reason to be bold. You're, you've spent time in there. You know what it's like to put yourself out there. You're comfortable with being uncomfortable. But I also find that people, it's much better to show 10 great photographs than 10 great photographs, five okay photographs and three crappy photographs because you're trying to show breadth. No one cares. These, what did I say? I did my math bad here. These, <laughs> these seven photographs, four and three, uh, something like that. Dustin, you shut up back there. He's back there. <laughs> I can't add. Okay. Uh, these are holding you back. You think you're showing them because you want to, like, I also shoot antelope. It doesn't help you. Yeah. Okay, 10 amazing photographs. That, like, studies say that they're averaging the quality of your picture. So if you have 10 stunners, leave it at 10 stunners. Make them claw in for more. And then when you send them a follow-up, send them a big print of your number one stunner. And if they say, you know, we're looking for antelope photographs and you have a shitty antelope photograph, do not send them the mediocre, I won't say crappy anymore, if I will not, I don't send, despite how passionate you are about your mediocre antelope, because you have a chance to make $500, because they're, they're asking you, and they put out submissions, they put out requests, hey, we're looking for antelope photos for page two, for the in focus section of National Geographic Adventure, we really need antelopes, there's antelopes in Yellowstone are struggling, and so we need to represent that. If you have a mediocre shot, they will, have you ever seen a very bad photograph in National Geographic? Don't answer that. <laughs> Mostly not. Mostly not. But my takeaway for you is I want you to be really focused on who your clients are, how you can get started, how you can go from, I think your, your, your tattoo business is 10. It's developed. You've been making a living at it for a long time. What did you do in the tattoo business to become successful? Um, do custom work. That was really the biggest. Got it. To do something that wasn't seen everywhere else. How did you get custom work on the, the very first time? Uh, um, it's okay, we're all... Client we're, victims, I would say. What's that? <laughs> client victims that would yeah. <laughs> allow me to do what I wanted. Okay. Yeah, I had some wonderful clients. So. Great, and so early on in your photography career, there's going to be some, you're not going to go from zero to National Geographic, so you're going to, have, you're going to get some clients that are very willing to like, let you experiment, and these are going to be blogs. They're going to be online publications or the online version of Hunter's Magazine or whatever it is. That's a good way to get comfortable putting your work out there. And then what was the next thing you did in your tattoo business? 
Because the tattoo business is the photography business, is the design business, is anything that's portfolio-based, based on what you've done, who you've done it with, it happens the same way. This is like, the answers are in here. So what was the next thing you did in your tattoo business? Um, what do you mean? So you, you, you got a few lucky breaks. You, as you said, you call them victims, I think. Uh, well, yeah, basically I started out at another shop and then I created my own shop. Got and it. And so then I really was able to fine tune my style. Right. And then that's where I Great, really I'm gonna unpack a that a second. Fun. So do you follow or are you familiar with any other outdoor or landscape photographers? A few. Okay. Yes. Have you met with them face to face? I have not, no. Mm. <laughs> Been looking at workshops. There you go. Workshops yeah. is good. It's yeah. a good way to connect with them. Yeah. Also, volunteering. Also, I call this the other 50%. What are you doing besides making your work and sharing it to participate in the community? If people don't know that you want to be an outdoor landscape or whatever, fill in the blank photographer, how are they going to find you? You need to shout it from the treetops. And this goes for introverts too. Like you just don't have to shout quite as loud. You can have a quiet drink next to somebody or you can meet, meet them at their office in New York or whatever it is. There's, there's a, I think the future favors the introvert. I really think that there's a really interesting pivot happening, so um, take that with a grain of salt. There's many of you right here that are uncomfortable. It's a safe space. We got you. Um, but I would like you to try and unpack and get close to some of the best photographers in the world so that you can maybe volunteer, attend some workshops with them. Actually being around the people, developing the community is a huge part of it. Because I'm, uh, I go back to your tattoo business. That's what you did as a tattoo artist, right? Correct. You worked at someone else's shop, you saw how they charged for money, you saw how they did their is, uh, they packed their gear, this is where they went, this is, ah, those are the needles, this is where I get them. You were just uh, absorbing all of that. I recommend you do that as well. Okay. And in the process of doing that, you're going to discover some things about yourself. You're going to like, I'm actually better than Franz Lantig, or well, <laughs> fill in the blank, yeah. <laughs> at something. I'm actually different than Franz Lantig, than Art Wolf, at something. The more you're around people, the more it helps you understand what's in here. And you, how am I different? Not just better, how am I different? So spend some time with those people. Do the work to go in and figure out all the magazines. And this is not hard. You literally can go. I used to spend hours in front of the magazine rack writing down people's names in the masthead. It's right in front. Yeah, it's right in front. Exactly. You can do that. I think you've got your, it's a little bit of homework. There's some work to do there. Sure. Give me a shout out. Awesome. All right. It's just you and me. Yeah. So, um, so again, I'm in videography, filmmaking, um, and for me, it all it started with a message, and then it led to filmmaking was the vehicle because I, for me personally, again, it was uh, always so powerful in my life, the impact it had on my life, and so I thought that the message that I wanted to give film was the best way to portray that message. Um, so I've been in it for two and a half years now, and um, six months ago, I finally did the first thing that aligned with the message, but it was self-funded. It was, um, you know, it's, it, the, learning, the learning curve was very steep, and uh, which was a short documentary, sorry, and, uh, but it's just been very difficult for me to always try to maintain. Um, I've been lucky enough to make it sustainable through video editing and things like that in mm -hmm. these last six months. Yep. But I know that that's not sustainable very in the long term right now. 
because I really want to focus on okay. that message. So. Why is it not sustainable? Just because. How long are you willing to eat dirt to live your dream? Oh, forever. There you go. But, then it's plenty sustainable. You okay. can edit your ass off for the next two years yeah. if you're making films on the side that make you feel great. Okay. Okay, that's the thing. This, this is, I feel like school should teach this, and that's one of the reasons that Creative Life exists, because we weren't getting this information out there. The best way to transition, do you, I think there's a belief that you just like, all right, cool, I'm going to make documentary films all in, mortgage the house, sell the car, all in. That's just dumb. That doesn't work. So Richard Branson has become a mentor. He's an investor in Creative Live. He's become a friend. I'm going to run a half marathon with him on Saturday. The first mile of the half marathon with him on Saturday. <laughs> Mitigate the downside was his early advice to me. If you figured out how he started in Virgin America, he negotiated this crazy deal such that if he failed that it was either Boeing or Airbus would buy the planes back at full price. What? I'm going to drive a car off. I'm going to go you know, run around making money, Uber Eats. If it doesn't work, I'm going to sell you the car back at full price or for some small discount. He negotiated that just in case it didn't go well. He wasn't planning to fail, but he protected the downside. And the downside for him would have been eating the cost of all those airlines because last time I checked, there weren't that very many airlines and they're looking for a bargain basement because they want you to go out of business. So he pre-negotiated that because he saw that was the biggest hurdle. What I find is that most people, when they are, um, this concept of betting everything is bad, the concept of I'm juggling, I'm video editing, the fact that you're making money editing video as a living and you want to be shooting documentary projects that inspire and move people to action, how far does he have to go? Not very far. Sometimes I bet you wake up at 2 in the morning thinking, holy crap, I got a long way to go. But you know what? I'm telling you, as someone who's coached thousands of people all over the world, you're like right here, man. And that's like, I want you to focus on that thing. And the fact that you have to edit video, there, right now there are people literally sweeping the streets somewhere that want to have the same thing. And there are hundreds of hours or days or, you know, hopefully not hundreds of years, but away from that thing. You're super close. Do not deride editing video. I also heard you talk about, I made a film, but hey, it was self-published, and I did this, and it's like, you made a film? I made my first film this year. It's post-production. It's not done, but it's self-funded. We got to talk. Okay. <laughs> I want you to oh, finish something. Real artists <laughs> ship stuff on a regular basis, slightly before it's ready, <laughs> because it's never going to be ready. <laughs> Just as a reminder, it's like there's always going to be 5%. But... I want you to, to be proud of the thing that you've done. That, that you self-funded it. It used to be like, yeah, and I self-published the book. <laughs> Mel Robbins is on Creative Live. She self-published her book at Amazon. It was in the number, it was in the top 10. You remember the numbers just crazy. A million copies or something like that self-published on Amazon. Like, you know how much her agent got? Zero, because she had no agent. All that went into her pocket. So I don't want you to feel bad about that. Okay, I want you to be proud. Whether it's crowdfunded or out of your own savings, the fact is that you're not on the streets. You have a steady opportunity to make money as a editor. Mm -hmm. Don't deride that because that's going to be a great place because you're going to get better. You're going to learn on somebody else's dime. There's nothing better than that. That's so powerful. It mitigates the risk that we were talking about with Sir Richard. So I want you to double down on that. Make sure your boss likes you. Mm -hmm. Show up for work every day. Do a little bit. Do 10% more. How much time are you spending video editing? Uh, a week. Is it 40 hours a week? No, or? no, no. <laughs> okay. 
It, it depends. Sometimes it can be up to 40. Okay. It, it probably is never more than that. Okay. Have you done the calculation of what your expenses are? No. Okay. Um, what I want you to do is I want you to calculate how much money you need to live and put an extra 500 bucks on there. I don't want to leave rich. I want you to live. I want you to, to find out how much money you need to make and I want you to make just a little bit more and I want you to spend all the rest of your time figuring out your passion. Mm -hmm. You know what you're or figuring out like how to make documentary films and for whom and who's going to pay for it. Yeah. I want you to research that. I want you to understand every aspect of it. But right now, if you've got a video editing project, it's probably, it's, it, you kind of get pulled in. You're like, yeah. all right, I can make a couple extra grand if I just did a little bit more. Yeah. Try and resist that without pissing off your boss so you make sure that you um, are continue to get hired there because this thing is going to be a, it's going to be a great landing pad mm -hmm. if something goes sideways. I want you to keep that. You're getting paid to do the thing that you're going to actually do, which is learn to tell stories better and better and better. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to shift gears for a second. Now, I'm okay. going to go into the how you actually um, like do the thing that you want to do. Do you know what your why is? Yeah. Okay. I don't want to, do you want me to open that? Like, <laughs> I mean, that could, that could get into a long conversation, but. Okay, well, just. Um, I don't want to waste people's time. No, no, no. I think. Like hearing someone talk about their why is inspirational as hell. Do you guys want to hear his why? Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll keep it super short, but uh, uh, my, okay, my hero is like the Dalai Lama, and okay. uh, I think that the messages that he's, um, you know, that he always gives are, are so important right now, and they're being so neglected, especially in these times. Yes. And so I think that um, you know the progression of humanity has a lot to do with the progression of human thought and yep. like a compassionate space. Yep. And I think that. Um, these are like the less, these are like the best, the greatest human lessons of all time. If you look at Nelson Mandela, people like that, yeah. where like I want to like put that into, like I said, film was so impactful for me, and I think it can be so powerful that yep. I want to put these messages into film and you know, into like modern context and do that. But I know it's a long way away, and I think that it like has to yeah, be yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Would that be awesome if he did that? Yeah. Okay. But, okay, I'm gonna ask you one more thing. Like, what's what's keeping you from doing that? What what, what is there a meditation? Well, can you can you make a short film for a local temple here or something like that? Yeah, um, yeah. But I'm always trying to be very sensitive to the fact that it's become such like a taboo subject and like so fluffy, where I th actually think it's like the most important thing. And so I don't want to just put out content that's you know like put out a hundred pieces. Take, want, find the best pieces, be. find the best pieces. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to like, there are examples of the work that you're doing out mm -hmm. there. Find yeah. the best examples, deconstruct why they're so good, mm -hmm. and go make five of those. Yeah. Okay? Whatever the, if it's a two minute thing that you saw on YouTube that moved you to tears, and you're like, I want to do that. Yeah. What was it? Was it the story? Was it the person? Was it the length? Was it the, like, what about it? Mm -hmm. Deconstruct it, find out who made it, talk to them, meet them, call mm -hmm. them on, like, Call them up, yeah. leave them a message, I am, DM them, whatever. Get in touch with them, you're inspired by, can I work with you on the next project? Mm -hmm. We have a similar interest. Yeah. I want to help spread the word of the Dalai Lama because I think we need this time now more than ever. It's a divisive time, and what if we could bring the world together? You made a film that was impactful for me. How'd you do it? How can I help? Mm -hmm. And there's five of those. That's a little community right there. Go yeah. out, make that community, and then deconstruct what each of those people have done figure out what it is that you can do that you have to say that's interesting and just a little bit different. Remember, great artists steal. Mm -hmm. Good artists borrow, great artists steal. And if you steal from one person that's stealing, if you steal from everybody, that's research. Mm 
okay? The, this is what I mean, like you're so close. This stuff is sitting right in front of you. You, you can identify the five pieces. If I asked mm -hmm. you, if I pressed you, if we have more time, you could say I like this one and then I like this one. And you could say what it is you liked about it. You're deconstructing the thing that you can go make. Mm -hmm. The first form of making is imitation. So imitate the thing, use your landscape, your lens, your personal lens, and use that format. Rip off the, con the, the, the format, the construct of the beginning, middle, and the end, except put your story in there. That's a great storytelling device. And the fact that you're a master editor who's getting paid on the side to figure this stuff out, beautiful. Got a little homework to do, you good? Yeah, yeah. All right, round of applause for this guy, please. Alec with a C. All right, so it takes a lot of courage to have some red bulled up guy stand out here and get in your grill. I would love for you guys to, before I just say, I would like you to clap for everybody. I would like you to give them a high five when they come back and find a chair or if they're standing at the back. Um, and I would like you to make some conversation with these folks. Afterwards, we're going to have some beers in the next room. They need some encouragement right now. They're just cracked wide open. I want you to know this is a super safe place. We love you. You're good. Don't cry. It's all good. We're going to get there. I know you're just jesting. But thank you for sharing your challenges with us. We're with you. Thank you. Great. You guys can go find a chair now. Thanks. Awesome. All right. Just in case I forget where we are. <laughs> um, so that was awesome. Um, I would, I'm hoping that, actually, show of hands, how many people felt similar to somebody on stage? I'm clocking that in the 95 percentile, okay? That underscores the point that I was trying to make, which we're all in this together. We all have the same problems, the same challenges. And that's what's so, one thing, that's what's so important about community. The fact that you all got out of your couch, your house, your car, your work, your whatever, and you're here, IRL, that matters. You need to do this as much as you can because re when you realize, especially that we are on this together and that we all have the same problems, that's why community is so valuable. Not this kind of community, okay? This kind of community. It's one of the reasons that Creative Live exists. So when you realize that we're all in this together and we have a lot of the same problems, that I hope helps you open up just a little bit. So who of those in the crowd are willing to share their biggest problem? And I'll see if I can add a little bit of value in a short amount of time here. All right. You good, sir? I'm Chase. Lorenzo. Lorenzo? I think we've met before. Yes. <laughs> I'm visual, very visual person. Uh, I, I do have probably about 36 questions, but I'll just cut it down to one. Um, and it's the biggest one. As far as like representation, uh, trying to get your name out there, yep. I'm a sports photographer. Okay. And if you throw a rock in any other place, you will hit 15 other sports photographers just heading that way. Uh, so how is it that you're able to, I'm trying to find a way to actually get my name out there yep. without having to commit a crime by knocking off 15 other sports <laughs> photographers so that I can get, you know, that particular sure. you know, job. The reality, so. the real, thank you, Lorenzo. So the reality is that there are, it's, it's a very competitive industry, but the flip side of that same coin is that the pie has never been larger. There are more people using photographs in more places now than ever before. So the first thing I want you to ditch is the scarcity mindset that by you succeeding, someone else has to fail. If you are succeeding, and, or even if you're struggling, 
and you are shooting the Seahawks game because you got yourself a pass, and you got, I don't know how you figured out a way to get on the field, but you're on the field, and you see Rod Marr, you go, Rod, what's up, man? Love your work. You need to connect with Rob Marr. He's one of the best sports photographers in the city. He needs to know you. You need to know him. He needs to see you at all of the events. I don't care how you get on the field. You need to be at the field. I will tell you a story. I was trying to break into the ski industry, okay, photographing the ski industry, and um, I had one little breakthrough. I got paid 500 bucks in a pair of skis for a photograph that I just happened to have of, of a really good skier with the right pair of skis, and the universe lined up, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to repeat that. So what did I do? I saved up all my money. My wife was waiting tables at the time. She put like 20 bucks a night into a jar. And when I had 300 bucks, I bought a plane ticket and I rented a car and I drove, I drove to Salt Lake City because the next day was the Extreme Free Skiing Championships. I went up, in the, up on the hill, I dug a hole, I spent the night on the course so that the next morning I woke up and it was just like, I'm here. Everybody else down at the bottom. Okay? It was very, I would not recommend it. It was cold as shit. But I'm telling you the lengths that I went to to be in the right spot. So I'm just going to ask you a couple questions. What are you doing to be in the right spot? To get Rod Marr to know you? To, I, don't answer the question. I'm going to, I'm just, this is prescriptive for this little section here. But I want you to do that. Okay? I want you to be everywhere where there are sports photographers, you are there. And I understand you probably have a full time job. If you don't, how can you make it a part time job? How can you figure out what your expenses are, put an extra 500 or 1,000 in the pocket, and then don't work anymore? Wait tables, park cars, there's a lot of flexible jobs out there. Drive an Uber. How bad do you want it? Because right now, if you don't want it bad enough, there's someone else in Tuscaloosa or someone else in Washington, D.C. that wants it real bad. There's probably 100 people in Seattle. You said, like, how do I step in there and not knock off 15 other photographers? So first and foremost, you've got to be there. Be there and shooting your tail off, and second of all, what are you going to do with those photographs? How do you distribute them? Sure you, yeah, sure, you have your own social channels. I think putting out your best work. Don't put out second best. Don't put out mediocre stuff. Put out great work. And are you currently getting published anywhere right now? No. Okay. I would like you to take the advice that I gave up here. I want you to find where are the 10 places that are publishing work, probably blogs, 20 places, and have them know you. You know them. You know who makes the decisions. You know the editorial team at that blog. Send them your work. Find out what the contributor's guidelines are, and can you get your photographs in there? It, it, you have to do something instead of nothing. You have to get your photos. As soon as you get one photograph, then all you do is talk about, oh, yeah, I was published last week in the Sports Illustrated Online. And someone's like, oh, that's cool. You don't know that there was only one photograph in your whole career. You just say, last week. My last image ended up on the front page of SI.com. Wow, that's cool. So the, there's this progression that I believe has to happen, and it's in this time where you're grinding that it's the hardest, because you haven't broken through yet, and it's, it's going to be one thing's going to happen, and then nothing for four weeks, and another thing's going to happen, and nothing for four weeks. I don't think you only have to do pro sports, too, by the way. So um, are you relating to any other photographers? Have you reached out to the people that you see on the sidelines, your bylines, and have you asked to work for them, carry their bags, volunteer? Have you done that? I've, I've actually, I've actually uh, I approached uh, one baseball photographer literally in the parking lot. Here's my cell phone, here's my wallet, where's your equipment? And it's like, you know, you have everything I own. Yep. I'm just trying to get in. I'm, I'm yep. not trying to take your job or anything, but yep. you know, here is here's my life. Yep. 
and how can I get in here? And, it, and it's, it's, it's like pulling teeth. I mean, yeah. that I understand. So, I mean, That's a little creepy. I'm not going to be honest. Yeah. Hey, hey, I, hey. I get it. But here, what I love is that what is he willing to do? Anything. That's important because that's what it actually takes, especially early on. I think there are constructive ways. I don't, I don't think it's bad. I think there are more constructive ways to do it, like tracking them. And if they have a workshop, go. If they're making an appearance, attend. If they're doing a book signing, go. Meet them. There are, uh, there's a, a gentleman here, um, he's a contractor here at, at Creative Live named Norton. He lived in Brazil. He saved up enough money when he was 18 in Brazil to move to Florida. When he was in Florida, he washed dishes in an Italian restaurant long enough until he could fly to Seattle. When he was in Seattle, he started attending every meetup that I did. He sent me something every couple weeks. It was a postcard. It was a book. It was a thing that he made that caught the attention of my then studio manager, Scott. He said, we should give this kid an internship. He's been tracking you since Brazil for three years, two and a half years. Then he got a part-time job. Then he got a full-time job. And now he's here. That was 11 years ago. And he was 19 years old when he started in Brazil. How bad do you want it? That's what you're competing against. And I only say that because what you want is the real talk. Because if you want it bad enough, it's, it's there for the taking. Most people don't want it that bad. And again, we're talking about professional stuff. So if, you, if you're in the crowd right now and this isn't resonating, I understand not everybody wants to you know, make a living in a life as a sports photographer. But conceptually, what I'm trying to get is if you want to, if you want to shift gears like that, this is what it's going to take. The concept of you competing, you know, the fact that there are more photographs now than ever before being taken in the world is a great thing. The flip side of that is that there are more photographs being taken now than ever before, so you, the competition is real. But I hear in your voice that you're willing to do whatever. I would um, politely stalk all the people who you're, are your heroes. I, would, I, I want you to find a way to be on their radar. I think, you know, cleaning their cameras, carrying their gear, um, aspiring to help in some way, add value to them before you ask them for anything. Like all their photographs. Believe it or not, they will know. Especially If you like every single photograph that someone puts out, they will recognize you. It might take six months, it might take six weeks, it might take six days or six years, but they will know who you are if you're always there. And if you show up when they have an appointment, when they have something, introduce yourself like I'm one, two, three guy on Instagram, I love every one of your photos, um, Love to be able to you know, support you in some way, shape, or form. Um, I'm strong, I can lift heavy things, or I've got great vision, or I'm, a, I'm an amazing retoucher, and if you ever need help retouching, I do it for free. I wanna you know, just be in the same room as someone who's as talented as you are. Do it like that one person at a time. I don't care if you make a spreadsheet. <laughs> Did I follow this person today? Did I check their, like, I don't, I don't, I'm not gonna judge the method, but you get it. All right, give them a round of applause for sharing. Thank you. Couple minutes. Yeah. Oh, I got the wrap. Ooh, that was only one question. I'm gonna try and go fast. I can do one. Oof. That sting is a little bit. Um, I'm gonna. Uh, we're gonna continue this in the lounge afterwards. But I'm taking their photograph. Everyone's like, "Yep." <laughs> How many people got questions they want to ask? Don't don't be shy. <laughs> Hand up. One, two, three, four, five. Oh, and that's getting gnarly now. Okay. <laughs> All right. So. Um, in the very back row, you had your hand up first when I said, who has a question? So you have the button right there. I can't quite see yet. Stand up and uh, tell me who you are and how can I help? Hi, I'm Delaney. Um, I'm a young photographer from Seattle. And I am so hungry for this industry. I have a lot of goals, honestly, probably a little too many for 
where I'm at. Mm -hmm. And I am not really sure how to prioritize. I have all these things that I want to do, places I want to go, roles I want to take on in my career. I don't know if I want that to happen now, if I want to happen later. And I'm just wondering, how do you prioritize these things? How do you know that you're making the With right beer. step? Like you're choosing the right, <laughs> you're choosing the right one first, yeah. or uh, should it happen later? Like, sure. what do you think? Well, I think complexity is the enemy of done. I'm hearing a little bit of paralysis by analysis. I feel like you need, you feel like you gotta get it right. And I'm, I way over index on action. I think people try and, and especially when you haven't, um, you know, made your living and your life doing this thing, don't worry about it. Cause it's very hard to make a misstep in your first 20 steps. Okay. And also, you know, I, I, I may have heard this before that if you stumble, over and over and over at the beginning, that's fine, because who's watching? I mean, and, and at what time, when you've stumbled enough, do you just like throw in the towel and say, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a photographer, or I'm not whatever goal number 208 on your list is you throw in the towel. What if we did that to babies? Abby tried to walk for six months, I guess he's not a walker. <laughs> it's absurd, right? But that's what we do in our culture when something gets hard. They say, oh, we're, we, you know, we're, we don't, we're not cut out for this. This is not our thing. And also, how many times did baby fall down and did mom was just like, God, dear God. Uh, uh. Not very many because the people that were close to that person, and that's why if you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with, who are you spending time with? Are you spending time with people who support you in your dreams, support you in your goals? people who care about you and want the best for you, that's, I think first and foremost, that's what you gotta do. You gotta put yourself around those people. If you found that community, I'm sure there are five people here who would be your close friends and, and be a part of your journey. I just want you to start doing stuff. Are you making stuff and shipping it every day? To me, that's the definition of a creator. Are you actually doing the work? Are you not pontificating about it? Are you not wearing your beret and smoking a cigarette and talking about film? Are you making films and sharing them? And as soon as you can call yourself a photographer, that's the first thing that has to happen. You'll get other people say, oh, you're a photographer, and you're just like, well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. No. Whatever it is you want to be, you want to be a photographer, call yourself a photographer. Someone says at a party, what do you do? Oh, I'm a photographer. Here's what I care about. You know, this is what I love to take photographs of. I'd love to share some of my work with you. Like you have to be, you know, if you don't write your own script, no one else is going to write it for you. And if they do, it's going to be a bad script, a script that you don't want. So, I don't actually care. This is like, there is no, you know, silver bullet. There's only lead bullets, and there's a lot of them. And you have to fire those lead bullets every single day. So I don't want you to be paralyzed. I want you to start doing some things. If you're practicing every day, you're taking pictures and sharing them. If you're trying to get work, if you've, any of this resonates and you're able to get your first work, your first job makes the path to the second one. You can't get a second job if you don't have a first one, because then by default, it's, your, it's not your second job. It's your first one, right? So the first thing you have to do is get a first job. You have to get a first gig. You have to get something. Someone to give you money. What I find is that often uncorks it for people like, oh, my God. I just did a thing on social, uh, I don't know, it was the last week or something like that, when I said 10x your rates. And I've got, I got a bunch of heartfelt messages. Most of them, there's this one Kiwi. He's like, oh, shit, I was getting 200 bucks a wedding, and then I 10x my rates, and I just the next person who came along, I said, I'm 2,000, and they said, okay, and I didn't know what to do, and <laughs> now I've got tons of money. So, 
like again, it's it's related, separate but related. But like it's it's are you actually taking steps that are going to get you to the thing that you want? And I don't actually care at the beginning because what people who are not doing anything, what happens is they sit back and then they try and decide what the perfect thing is. There is no perfect thing. You know what you're going to do? You're going to walk over here. You're just going to like, I'm going to do the first thing. And I'm going to bump into this thing. And when I'm here, I'm going to realize that, oh, my God. You know, this helps me understand is that there's another thing right over here. And I don't actually care what path you're on. As soon as you put yourself on a path, if you're doing that thing, you will know in here if this is the right path. You don't know what you want to take photographs of? Again, your first job is to find out what you're supposed to do on this planet. Your second job is to do that thing over and over and do it really well. So if you don't know what to do, if you want to be a photographer, what kind of photographer? Just say it. What do you want to be? What, do you know what you want to do? Yeah, food and product. Food and product? Yeah. Okay. Do you have a kitchen counter at home with your little studio set up with a white card and a do you have that? Yes, I do, actually. Okay. I, have, I have professional gear. I went to school for it. And I'm more so just figuring out, like, how do I prioritize, like, the, uh, the actual imagery, like, or, or the roles that I take on, too, because I also love styling and art directing and all kinds of stuff like that. This is a problem. Yes, it is. <laughs> I want you to focus. I don't care if you make money doing all those things. That's great. If you are trying to advertise yourself as an art director, as a stylist, as a photographer, as a whatever, it's going to be very hard for you to break through in that one thing. Mm -hmm. So again, the fear of committing to one thing is you're shutting all kinds of doors. If you commit to something, you do it for two weeks, and it doesn't feel good, great. This is the experimental phase. This is the first bucket. Figure out what you're supposed to do. I want people to find something and master it. Because you know what happens in mastery? You get to understand what it's like to master something. And then you get to deconstruct the thing that you mastered, and you get to apply it to something else. That is, that is the second career arc. And unless you've mastered something, you need to figure out what the thing is that you want to, is it art direction? Is it, you know, I get a good job at an agency and be an art director? You want to be a stylist and travel over the world and style things, whether it's food or tabletop or whatever? Figure those things out. And experiment now. That's college is good for that. Your first couple of years, that's one of the reasons you work for someone. He's like, you, you get to stand next to them. I thought I was going to go to medical school. I watched some surgeries. Ever seen a hip replacement? That'll make you not want to be a doctor. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm good. And then I volunteered in the kids, uh, ki sick kids, the children's hospital in San Diego. Broke my heart. I wept daily when I left that place. Because you got little small kids who are dying. It was horrible. I don't want to do that for a profession. But you, you, my point is that you get to experience it when you step into that space. You'll figure it out. Do I like this, not like it? Ah, I can do this better. I can do this different. This is my thing. This is my jam. And then you start pulling on that thing. So do something instead of nothing. Don't figure out that you don't, you know, figure out that you don't have to get it perfect. You just got to get something. Okay? Round of applause for her for sharing. Okay. All right, that about wraps it up. But before I let you go, I want to say, A, a huge thank you. B, let you know how to find me. I'm basically at Chase Jarvis all over the internet, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I'm very active on Snapchat. You guys should check it. If that's a platform that you enjoy, uh, check me out there, as well as all the other ones. It's a super important ask for you to share this also. Uh, subscribe via iTunes, SoundCloud, and or Stitcher. And most definitely, if you're willing to put in a little bit of extra juice, 
please leave a review on iTunes. That helps make our podcast more visible. Last place that you can check it out and, and get some additional value is in my newsletter, which is chasejarvis.com slash VIP. That is where I put content out before it hits my social platform. So that's sort of the insider track. Leave comments all over the internet for me. I will track them down and respond as best I can. And uh, again, huge thank you for listening to the podcast. And I'm looking forward to the next episode already. I hope you'll join me next time.